Because that's kind of like the approach that the majority of people have with animated movies and TV shows. They don't really give it benefit of the doubt and they themselves are the ones that kind of don't want to scratch the surface level. Even though once you start to watch it, you realize the flavor is immaculate. Hello everybody, it is me Salem and welcome to my podcast, which is audio versions from my YouTube channel that you can travel with through your AirPods or your Beats by Dre, whichever one wants to sponsor the podcast. Today we are going to do a deep dive into Bluey, a kids animation show that mostly has an adult fan base. And let's just talk about healing your inner child, breaking generational curses, and why people think Bluey fans are like bronies and why that's not true. <laughs> okay, let's get into this. Hello everybody, it is I, Salem, and welcome back to my Chanel. How are you guys doing today? I hope that you guys are doing good. I hope you guys are feeling fun and festive and happy and just all the good things on planet earth i just want to get this out of the way real quick because i know some of my returning subscribers are really confused about what happened with my last video and my last few posts on my community tab if you're a new person here you still might want to listen my velma video got copyrighted not by youtube or by other creators but by warner brothers studios themselves which is crazy because I literally work with Warner Bros and I tried disputing the claim and it did not work, unfortunately. I'm trying to be positive because I really do think that eventually everything works out in my favor, but um, I don't know about this one, guys. And I took to my community tab to let you guys know that I got copyrighted. And I just want to say thank you for your guys' overwhelming support and love and understanding. Now, some of y'all, were really pushing it and being passive aggressive and leaving pointed toned comments you know who you guys are i want people to be reminded that this is my livelihood i put a lot of effort into my content creation i try to put a lot of heart and soul into my content creation and to just have my content not even a day later be copyrighted which means i don't get to see a single cent of that video that money will not go to me it'll go to warner bros which they already have a bunch of money so that kind of sucks it's really sucks for me and for people to kind of make fun of that is really really rude and i will not say anything rude to you back all i will say is i hope that whenever you make popcorn that your kernels may they always burn but i am thinking of completely demonetizing the video unfortunately because if i can't make money off of my own creation i don't think any other people should either so i will be posting the velma video as audio only on apple music spotify and amazon music as a podcast exclusive audio on my podcast which you can find on all those three platforms under the salem tovar podcast yes i know such a creative name i couldn't think of anything else okay so if you do want to support me go ahead and give it a listen on those platforms because then i will actually be able to get paid there and while you're at it leave a kind comment or a good rating for my podcast i only have two episodes out and yeah we'll see where that mess takes us velma and warner bros did me so dirty but you know who would never do that to me 
Bluey, which I mentioned in my last video too, that I'm actually a massive fan of Bluey. And if you clicked on this video, then you're probably a big fan of Bluey as well, or your children watch it. Either way, Bluey is bringing us all together. And I want to do a deep dive today all about Bluey. I want to talk about the history of Bluey. <laughs> why animation is not just for kids, why so many people love it, the importance of healing your inner child, how people are comparing bronies to Bluey fans, literally no, but most importantly, why it's mostly an adult audience who loves Bluey. So we are gonna go into really good stuff today, so definitely stick around. But before we jump into the world of Bluey, blurry, since my Velma video is completely demonetized and I won't see a single cent of that income, thankfully we had someone come in clutch for our channel to sponsor which is HelloFresh. Thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's video because Lord knows I needed it. I don't know about you guys, but my new year's resolution was to save money. You can cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant quality meal right in your own kitchen. And yes, with HelloFresh, you actually do save a lot of money literally all year round. HelloFresh is cheaper than the grocery store and 25% cheaper than takeout. When I was sick with Bovid, I ordered a bunch of HelloFresh. One of my favorite recipes will always be the one pot chili. HelloFresh has personally helped me just kind of throw stuff together lazily in one pot and for it to just come out good, which is a miracle. <laughs> Honestly, everyone can benefit from some HelloFresh. So go to hellofresh.com slash salemtovar22 and use code salemtovar22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash salemtovar22 and use code SalemTovar22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping because HelloFresh is America's number one meal cat. Bro, speaking of HelloFresh, I'm literally so hungry right now. Anyways, let's get into the video. Part 1 The Humble Beginnings of Bluey. My first introduction to Bluey was this clip I found on TikTok of Pom Pom the Pomeranian. Cause I was searching up Pomeranian videos because for those of you who don't know, I have a Pomchi named Roxy. She's literally so adorable. She's taking a nap right now, so I couldn't put her in the video, but here's a photo of her. Adorable. And the clip surrounded the character Pom Pom the Pomeranian. And it was literally the cutest one minute of my life. <laughs> the one thing that really stuck with me was Pomeranians are a small but haughty breed. That's my Aussie accent. Don't judge it, y'all. <laughs> that was my failed attempt at an Aussie accent. So I, I apologize to all my Australian viewers out there. I thought it was literally so cute. So I decided to go on like this bluey rabbit hole. And pretty soon within two hours of me going within the TikTok clips of bluey rabbit hole, I ended up crying at a scene that I saw in this kids show of a character named Bingo at her birthday party. And she's trying to do a handstand and no one is looking, even though she told people to look at her do the handstand, but her grandma is the one who notices. And it's just like this cute moment of like bingo feeling seen by not me literally about to cry again. Um, basically, I was not expecting this kid's show to 
evoke such strong emotion in me and I wanted to figure out more about this show. So I went ahead and did a huge deep dive so I can share with you all the stuff that I found revolving this show and so much, so much more. But first I want to talk about the introduction to Bluey and the history of Bluey of how the show was made, kind of to give you guys context for the rest of the video. Bluey is an Australian preschool animated television series that premiered on ABC Kids on the 1st of October in 2018. The program was created by Joe Brum and is produced by Queens Island-based company Ludo Studio. It was commissioned by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and the British Broadcasting Corporation with BBC Studios holding global distribution and merchandising rights. The series made its premiere on Disney Junior in the United States and was eventually released internationally on Disney+. The show follows Bluey, an anthropomorphic six-year-old blue healer puppy who is characterized by her abundance of energy, imagination, and curiosity of the world. The young dog lives with her father, Bandit. Her mother, Chili, and younger sister, Bingo, who regularly joins Bluey on adventures as, as the pair embark on imaginative play together. Other characters featured are representing a different dog breed. Overarching themes in this show includes the focus on family, growing up, imagination, and Australian culture. The program was created and is produced in Queens Island, and its capital city, Brisbane, inspires the show's setting. Bluey has received consistently high viewership in Australia on both broadcast television and video demand series services. With this reception getting so good that this show literally has a 9.6 out of 10 on IMDb, which is probably one of the highest ratings I've seen for a kid's show, which is absolutely insane to me, which not only goes to show that this show is kind of a big deal, but that the person behind it does a very good job. And the person behind it is Joe Brum, who says that the series was heavily inspired by his experience raising his two daughters. Brum wanted to portray the importance of children participating in imaginative play. But what a lot of people don't know is that Brum had actually worked previously on many other kids TV shows, and Bluey was actually heavily inspired by Peppa pig but Brum wanted to give it a twist so that it could be for an Australian audience. Brum and a small team of animators created a pitch and pilot for the TV show. Brum has stated that the series was very difficult to pitch because the first pilot showed dangerous character behavior according to executives because of Brum showing Bandit pushing Bluey and Bingo on a swing in an unsafe way. He also said it was really difficult to pitch because of the themes of the show being about family and games rather than it being a high concept show. So then they developed a five minute animation sample that was pitched to the Asian Animation Summit in Brisbane in 2016, where it was noticed by ABC and BBC executives. And they were able to secure $20,000 for funding for the studio to create a more refined seven minute pilot to then pitch it again to the Asian Animation Summit in 2017, so a year later. And finally, the two networks officially ordered 52 seven minute episodes of Bluey, with the BBC investing 30% of the funding and acquiring the global rights for distribution and merchandising, which was super cool because the series was produced entirely in Australia by a local team, many of whom were first time animators. So Bluey had been a thing for just a little time in Australia 
But when Disney Junior launched Bluey on Monday, September 9th in 2019, it began to gain a lot more traction from many families around the globe, being loved by both children and their parents. As many parents view this show as not being an annoying, dumb kids TV show that's ear grating and an and eyesore, Coco Melon. The show is a perfect blend of knowing parental humor, preschool silliness, and deep humanity all together, which makes parents very smitten with the show as well as their children. So when they watch it together, it is fun for everyone and Bluey definitely perfected that formula. So this show, has perfected the formula so well that even people who don't have kids are watching. Especially with TikTok, especially with TikTok becoming such a huge thing, people would upload small clips to TikTok. On TikTok, there was a clip that went viral of basically Bandit eating Bingo's chip. It's a 14 second video with over 14.9 million views on TikTok. And literally all the comments are just praising this show. Commenters stating, my favorite kids show, and I'm 29, with almost 7,000 likes. Another commenter put in all caps, I will literally go to my little cousin's house just to have an excuse to watch Bluey. And because of clips like this going viral of Bluey, it has kind of made this subculture of adult childless fans kind of dedicated to Bluey. The official Bluey TikTok has 1.6 million followers and every week new accounts on the app pop up and pirate entire episodes of the show. The Bluey subreddit has 77,000 subscribers while the Facebook group for adult Bluey fans has 174,000 followers. Darby Rose, a childless 19-year-old from England whose For You page was filled with clips from Bluey from the show last year says, I found out about Bluey through TikTok clips. Literally same. <laughs> Rose was drawn to the show because of its positive portrayal of family life. They say, like a lot of Bluey fans, I didn't have a good childhood growing up. Oh also same. I think what drew me most to Bluey was the emotional connection with the characters, seeing how a family should love and respect each other. Rose enjoys visiting the Bluey subreddit and seeing people's fan art. I like to make sure people know it's okay to enjoy a show aimed at children. And honestly, that's why a lot of single people love um, Bluey is because there are a lot of themes in this show that I feel like really help people live vicariously through the show um kind of like oh this is what it would have been like if i had a healthy home life this is what it would have been like to be seen this is what if what it would have been like to have like a cute childhood but not everyone agrees with adults watching the show first of all because it's the internet and whenever the internet sees people enjoying things there's always going to be someone around the corner on the internet waiting just to ruin it for them <laughs> Part 2. The Stigma Surrounding Adult Bluey Fans A lot of people on the internet don't like Bluey fans, especially the adult childless fans. To the point where I've seen on TikTok people <laughs> saying that adult Bluey fans will fight children to get their hands on plushies at Walmart, while others have rational fears, kind of like the fear of the fandom being corrupted by adult fans who create content about the show that would be inappropriate for the main demographic for the show. If y'all have been around the internet for a while, you guys know that fandoms don't have a very good 
reputation <laughs> they're known to be toxic at times they're known to do really horrible stuff and sometimes the fans can be really annoying and unfortunately when it comes to like children shows and animations and anime and stuff like that fandoms tend to be really wild like really wild apparently people have made fanfics about bluey which is you know what maybe god really doesn't come down to earth for a reason now i understand why he abandoned us you know what i mean but because of a very few percentage of toxic bluey fans there is now this kind of rhetoric going around that bluey fans are just as bad as bronies which i have been dying to talk about because i am a person who was very very intensely and enthusiastically involved in the MLP wave back in like 2010 when I was in middle school to the point where when I turned 16 I literally had a My Little Pony party where where everyone was wearing like different cutie marks and stuff but like for me I love 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 My Little Pony like my dream is to get a Fluttershy tattoo because Fluttershy is the best pony I need you guys to understand how much of a huge My Little Pony fan I was and still am i have seen the entire series in its entirety up from the pilot to episode one to the very very last episode plus equestria girls plus all the movies about six times in my life the entirety repeated personally it is my comfort show i literally have a playlist of mlp living tombstone songs and remixes on my spotify like I was a true fan. So I feel like I'm very much qualified to talk about this because when people compare adult Bluey fans to bronies, no, absolutely not, no. I'm sorry, bronies were a different breed and not in a good way. <laughs> I, as a teenager, was exposed to so much graphic and unnecessarily, and unnecessarily content because of these grown men making inappropriate video games fan art of my little pony obviously in the brony fandom it wasn't the majority but it was a massive massive problem to the point where you know calling yourself a brony or pegasister was like a huge red flag because the fandom was known to just be really really corrupt which is crazy because it's over multicolored ponies like literally but i understand why whenever there is a majority you know adult audience obsessed with a children's tv show it gets a little bit scary because i feel like again fandoms already have such a bad reputation but specifically people who are obsessed with anime and you know milo pony and stuff has given a really bad name to adults who like animation and it just really sucks because there's so many stereotypes and it sucks even more when some of those adults live out the stereotypes which make everyone else look bad unfortunately there is people in the bluey fandom who are adults where they're trying to make headcanons of the children's sexualities and genders and shipping them and doing love interest stuff saying that bandit is polyamorous if y'all don't can you guys not if you guys don't leave these 2d dogs alone so i understand the worry that people have for the bluey fandom that it will eventually turn into the brony fandom i honestly don't think that it will happen also because so many people learned so much from the brony fandom to not be stupid <laughs> or at least to acknowledge that the original demographic is for children so 
you know, people need to keep it cute, keep it censored, don't go around acting a damn fool. Which goes to show you just how the world works in mysterious ways. Cause I really do feel like if we never had the brony fandom and saw how toxic adult fans could be, then there wouldn't be these standards or conversations, you know what I mean? And I'm glad that people can learn from looking at past, you know, fan bases and past fandoms and past you know adult people who are fans of shows and kind of are finally having these conversations where people won't get offended of hey you can still be a fan you can still make fan art you can go ahead and make headcanons that are appropriate as long as you acknowledge that the show is originally made for kids and it's not made for you and as long as you don't put anyone else in danger because unfortunately like the whole brony thing like when i tell you like I can't be the only one. Like, I'm not the only one. I also grew up with a lot of friends who loved My Little Pony as well. And we would all talk about like, yeah, I saw like this fan art of Applejack making out with, with Big Macintosh. Like, why the hell? Just why? Just why? And if you were someone who loved MLP and was part of the brony fandom or whatever, who was exposed to gore and stuff. Cause for me personally, in my experience, since I was, you know, an underaged person, when I would go like on Google and just search up like Fluttershy fan art because I wanted to make her my wallpaper for my iPhone or whatever, the first thing that would pop up would be like Fluttershy with big ass biddies. And I'm like, just why? And this is when internet access wasn't as strict as it used to be because i know a lot of people want to complain about the internet and how there how there's too much censorship and everything i honestly think that's a good thing because 2010 internet literally everything was being shown and if you're someone who also grew up around that time with unsupervised internet you were exposed to a lot so i also feel grateful that bluey got popular in a time where the internet isn't as loose with inappropriate things so that it's harder to come across those things on accident. There is toxic people in every single fandom. There's also good people in every single fandom. And I know when it comes to adult animation, you know, fandoms, a lot of fans are autistic and neurodivergent. You know, I'm a person that has talked many times. I'm a very neurodivergent person, which contributed to my obsession with Sonic, Yu-Gi-Oh! and My Little Pony growing up. Yu-Gi-Oh! is another show that I want to get a tattoo of. Like, I love Yu-Gi-Oh! so much. I don't think you guys understand. <laughs> I used to have like these dedicated drawing books to drawing Yu-Gi-Oh! characters in middle school. And my favorite character of all time was Jaden Yuki. And I was literally obsessed with him. It's not even funny. And he was my cartoon crush. But anyways, so there are parts of the fan base of people who are just naturally attracted to those things because of their neurodivergency because of their autism that is so unfortunate to see like ruining it for them and giving everyone else a bad name but from what i have seen people comparing bronies to bluey fans like again as someone who has been part of both fandoms no just no <laughs> it they're not the same, they're completely different. And let's definitely just not with the comparisons because because trust me, I've seen and lived through a lot, a lot worse with the brony fandom than the bluey fandom, okay? A lot worse. Like I'm pretty sure I have, I'm getting flashbacks, okay? <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks, okay? If you're someone who grew up in the brony fandom or my little pony fandom who was a young woman or just a young person 
who wasn't part of like the older older men fandom can you please share your experience down below because i'm sure you guys also have horror stories because i have plenty of horror stories from my time being part of the brony fandom well i shouldn't even say that i was part of the brony fandom because i was just part of the demographic of the that the show was aiming towards so i have much, so, much. so many horror stories of forums and meetups and everything it's not even funny so i i would love for people to share their experiences to just prove also that the bluey fandom is not as bad as the brony fandom because they're not the same they're built completely different but again like i said there's a lot of good people in the brony fandom just had to Put that out there but unfortunately the stereotype lives true that a lot of there was just the majority were toxic and the majority were um definitely not keeping in mind that it was a kids show and they made fan art that was inappropriate a lot of gore and everything so take that as you want but that's my experience and plenty of other people's experience when it comes to the brony fandom because there's people who like i said there was plenty of good people in the brony fandom i think i think a lot of creativity has come out of it a lot of great music a lot of community but unfortunately that was a massive problem in the brony fandom but just animation in general i really want to talk about why there always seems to be this pattern of certain children demographic tv shows kind of attracting adults because i know one criticism of the brony fandom was why are you guys watching this you guys are grown men watching a little girl's show like you guys are weird shouldn't you guys be watching law and order like I know for me, I'm an adult, <laughs> I'm married, but I love kids animation and animation in general. And I just hate, hate, hate the argument that animation is only for kids. Woo, you've made it to part three. Part three, animation isn't just for kids, guys. It's actually for everyone, so let's talk about it. The Pinocchio director, Guillermo del Toro, argues that animation isn't just for kids. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a stop animation, animated feature that is much darker than its animated medium, Disney's Pinocchio. Del Toro also directed stunning pieces such as Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water. If you guys haven't seen Del Toro's Pinocchio, literally give it a watch because it literally made me cry and I watched it two times. Like, it's so good and I would argue that it is so much better than the OG OG Pinocchio for real. You know, we had a long, long road, many, many hours and years of work of dozens, then hundreds, then thousands of artists. We wanted to show that animation is not a genre for kids. Del Toro explained to discussing films of the features over decade long development production. It's a medium. Animation is film. Animation is art. And it can tell stories that are gorgeous and complex and that feel handmade by humans for humans. Del Toro's Pinocchio really touches on themes of life, death, spiritual deities, the concept of living a timely life, childhood, and so much more. And I'm so glad to see that it got the praise that it got because it was just so good. And even though it sounds like there's dark themes or too realistic or too grown-up themes to it, Del Toro did an amazing job balancing everything. A lot of people look at animation or claymation only for kids, but to this day, so many claymation movies are considered like huge parts of people's childhoods, 
but also part of their adulthoods and are still being watched and discussed to this day. And one of those films is Coraline. I was obsessed with Coraline when it first came out and I literally still watch it to this day every now and then. The artwork is absolutely stunning. The concept is amazing. And the little facts and little things here and there that I keep learning to this day is absolutely crazy. Whenever I think that I've known all there is to know about the film, like <laughs> 10 years later, I'm finding out new things about the movie still. Like the cherry blossoms in the film was made by pink dyed popcorn. Like that is so creative and cool. But a lot of people just kind of brush off claymation and animation as it being nothing deeper than just a kid's show. That it's shallow, that it's surface level, that it's just meant for, you know, being put on the TV to help the kids shut up and stop running around which kind of sucks because i feel like sometimes animation and just a lot of this claymation uh art medium never really gets the flowers that it deserves literally just because of the stereotype and stigma with animation that it's only for kids and that it can't be greater than just surface level even though that's such a lie and there's a reason why Coraline is such a iconic movie for so many people and is one of their favorite movies to this day that's why Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio ended up getting the amazing recognition that it got because a lot of people can see how much hard work and detail and the story writing put into it is literally blood, sweat, and tears. And even though at the end of the day, they are marketed for children, the people who will notice the amount of detail and the expertise in writing are going to be the adults. And it's kind of a shame that the film industry still doesn't really recognize how great animation can be as an art medium. They're slowly getting there, but I feel like it's still not taking seriously as much as just non-traditionally animated uh, art projects. Literally just because it's drawn or it's from claymation. And I feel the same way with shows that have the most amazing creative backstories and plots, but they're anime and simply because it's anime, no one wants to give it a try. Because unfortunately there is stigmas and stereotypes within the anime community that again that anime is for kids even if they do have the most jaw-droppingly amazing artwork and plots one of my all-time favorite anime series is monster by naoki urazawa sorry if i butchered that as well as full metal alchemist brotherhood as well as hunter x hunter attack on titan another like i can literally name so many for the longest time my parents didn't understand why i watched anime they never understood why i was as old as i was watching 2d characters beating each other up with like magic spells and stuff until i explained to them like it looks like it's for kids only because people have the notion that animation and 2d stuff is only for kids which is so not true and actually fun fact um one summer i actually sat down and forced my mom to watch the first episode of attack on titan and we were able to watch the entire series together and that was like one of my fondest memories i will always hold as a human and she ended up loving the series because that's kind of like the approach that the majority of people have with animated movies and tv shows they don't really give it benefit of the doubt and they themselves are the ones that kind of don't want to scratch the surface level even though once you start to watch it you realize 
the flavor is immaculate. And that's because it often takes people having to look past the stigma and stereotypes that that animation is just for kids in order to find the you know the good gooey delicious middle of the meat and see that a lot of these plots are in fact not for kids at all especially when it comes to a lot of animes i mean my favorite anime of all time is you know monster i talk about it a lot and I mention it whenever I talk about anime, which is a story that revolves around Kenzo Tenma, a Japanese surgeon living in Germany whose life enters turmoil after getting himself involved with Johann Liebert, one of his former patients that he gets fired from his job because he decides to save him over another patient. But then it turns out that the kid that he saved ends up being a complete psychopath who is hunting the doctor down like come on man that is absolutely awesome um and definitely not for kids so <laughs> i think that people honestly just need to get past the stereotypes but at the same time it, it kind of sucks that the stereotypes are there because so many people are missing out on such creative stories, on amazing art, and just masterpieces, honestly. And I feel like the film industry and animation industry is starting to, to get the hint of a lot of young adults, adults with children, you know, single adults, really like kids animation, but with deeper meaning. And I feel like the animation industry is starting to get the hint of that. That a lot of people are no longer having this perspective that just because it's animated, it's automatically for children, but that things can be mixed together. I think a perfect and modern and very prevalent and proximate example is actually Puss in Boots The Last Wish. That movie was literally so good. I went to go watch it with my husband on a, <laughs> on a movie night date. I encourage everyone to go just watch it or you can stream it now on various platforms, but please give it a watch because even though the concept has to do with Puss in Boots and its animation, it might sound off-putting, but first of all, it's part of the Shrek franchise, and Shrek could never do any wrong besides Shrek 3, which was the worst Shrek. But anyways, but if you watch that film, you will be very pleasantly surprised at just how mature the humor and life lessons are. Like, I was really taken back. I know so many people were giving it amazing reviews, and I know that it got a better review than Avatar The Way of Water, but I thought it was just going to be like a funny Shrek movie, you know? But ever since Shrek Forever After, I think I've taken the Shrek movies a lot more serious because that movie was also really, really good, but I just was not expecting this much brilliance from the Puss in Boots film. I went in to see Puss in Boots just kind of like, be funny and maybe have there be a life lesson but i did not expect the entire film to surround itself with the concept of the exploration of fear and loneliness and the inevitability of death like what what is going on what is going on for those of you who don't know the story of the puss in boots the last wish you know the newest movie that came out it has to do with basically puss, puss. is on his eighth life out of nine that cats have supposedly and he goes on an adventure with a couple of friends to find a last wish to get his lives back however along the way spoiler alert he learns that you don't need a wish because the real wish is the people you meet along the way and i feel like the film industry is finally understanding that you can still 
provoke strong emotions and strong life lessons into kids films because a lot of people are finally taking animation seriously and it's just really cool to see these real ass conversations coming out of the mouths of little animals <laughs> like for real no but like literally it is really cool that this is starting to become more normalized especially because now more than ever i feel like there is so much conversation around gen z and millennials um conversation about breaking generational curses breaking generational trauma and healing your inner child part four slash final part how animation encourages us to heal our inner children there are many many bluey episodes that touch on topics that are kind of sensitive for both children and adults but also themes that really leave the watcher thinking there's an episode called camping in which bluey meets a new friend on a camping trip who only speaks french but his family leaves before hers unable to communicate that the vacation is over so he leaves without being able to say goodbye and bluey deals with the idea that she might not ever see him again bluey goes outside under the enormous starry sky with her mom and starts to shed tears and Bluey asks will I ever see him again and the mom replies you never know the world's a magical place which really touches on the fact that as a child when you grow up you do have these little memories of people you meet here and there and often wonder what they're doing now and if you'll ever meet them again because they made such a small impact on your life because even though it was a small moment it had such a big impact on your life and that's something I think we can all relate to. The episode Copycat kind of touches on death. Bandit and Bluey find a hurt buggy and bring it to the vet but the buggy doesn't survive, so Bluey finds a way to come to terms with the death through play. And the episode tackles young children navigating that topic, which can really help children who are watching the episodes, who can really help children watching this episode kind of get through the death of a dog, a family member, and is a topic that I feel like a lot of parents unfortunately don't wanna talk about with their children, even though it's reality. And even though reality can be harsh sometimes, there are proper ways to go about it. And I think that's why Bluey is so loved because it takes these topics that are really hard to talk about but do in a way where it's still tasteful and also healing. For me, my favorite episode of all time is Sleepy Time where Bingo has trouble waking up in her own bed. The episode is pretty open for interpretation since half of the episode is talking and then the other half is kind of just music and visuals. It's available on YouTube so I really recommend giving it a watch. And I kind of want to see what, how other people interpreted it but the basis of the episode is basically bingo cannot sleep without being by her mom or without her bunny from what i saw from the visuals bingo was afraid to kind of move on as a big girl and let go of her bunny or not sleep with her mom anymore but it also can be interpreted as letting go of childhood and being scared to become a big girl. Bingo reads a book about the solar system and has corresponding dreams envisioning each planet as different stages of her life, again from what I interpreted, but she envisions her mother as the sun, the center of her universe, which is warm, loving, and constant. And in her dream, she's getting closer to the sun, but at the end of the episode, it just shows the mom holding Bingo in her arms. 
For me, the reason why that episode hits home is just because the music and the visuals are so beautiful and stunning, but also feeling like your parent is the center of your universe. It's just a really strong visual and a strong feeling. As someone who grew up with a absolutely horse sh childhood ever since i was a kid there was this longing of just wanting to have someone there for me and honestly sometimes to just have someone give me a hug even if it was over the most dumb mundane minuscule things and i know a lot of people also watch kid shows and specifically bluey because there are other episodes that touch on a vast variety of topics that people can relate to and you know according to their life and their childhood i feel like a lot of millennials and Gen Zers. Yes, I say Gen Zers. I don't say Zoomers because Zoomers, I hate that word because I really don't like using Zoomers. I feel like we kind of got left to pick up all the scraps and pick up all the pieces that our parents left us with. And that's not me talking bad about the majority of parents, but let's just be honest. <laughs> the generational trauma is so real and unfortunately and fortunately, it kind of has been dumped on us to figure out what to do with all of it, right? Figure out how are we going to surpass this and be even happier? How are we going to be kinder to our kids if we even have kids? I know a lot of people don't wanna have kids because of just not wanting to, but also because of just the fear of repeating trauma and history, which is perfectly valid. But right now, more than ever, there's so many people having these conversations of just being there for your kids and also being there for your inner child. Because a lot of us grew up in households where that just wasn't the norm. And there are a lot of moments in Bluey where, where Bandit, you know, the dad tells his little girls like, you can use your words, I'll be here to listen. Or sometimes where Bingo runs and hides underneath a bench and her mom knows exactly where to find her and talks to her about how she doesn't have to run away. Instead, she can run into her mom's arms. And when people who come from homes where that wasn't normal, seeing that can be very healing because it kind of gives you a glimpse of how it was supposed to be but also in a way it's kind of replacing that moment that you can relate to with how it should have been and your inner child really does exist i really do believe in that if, for those of you guys who are new around my channel i am an insanely spiritual person i really do believe in just everything i think the inner child experience too is is a spiritual experience it really is and that's why a lot of people feel drawn to Bluey. People feel drawn to animated kid series because inside all of us, there is a miniature child version of us begging to be loved, begging to be seen, to be understood. And so when these shows give us an example of how that would have been like if we had that it can be incredibly nurturing and can help us move on so that we can spread that kindness to other people if you're someone who is listening to this or watching this who feels like it's unfair that you got burdened with everyone else's past mistakes i just want to let you know that it's not impossible to break the mold and you are not damned and you're not doomed to live a predestined life of misery, hurt, and trauma. Like, for real. I don't know, I just really have in my heart to say that. Like, I feel like someone really needs to hear that today. If you were dealt the worst cards possible in life, you have the ability to swap them out. I fully believe that. 
I believe in you. I really do. I believe that you have the power to not only take back your power, but to heal every single aspect of you that has been hurt, that has been betrayed or taken advantage of. And however you seek that healing, whether it's through um, worshiping a deity, whether it's through spirituality, whether it's through watching kids TV shows, and of course therapy, 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 <laughs> nothing is impossible. Healing is not impossible for you. And don't let other people make you feel ashamed for choosing something cringy or for kids or stupid in order to heal that wound to make you a better person as long as you're choosing healthy things that make you into a better person like honestly i don't see anything wrong with it and if you don't have anyone's approval in your life just know that i approve of it again if it's actually good and isn't giving you harm or giving anyone else harm around you i believe in you i approve of it and i see you you're not invisible. Even if you feel like you're invisible, I promise you that you're not. Because you never know if you are the person that has a random interaction with a stranger and then they will go on to think of you forever and hope that maybe one day they'll meet you again. Your experience as a person is so important and so valid and how you go about your healing journey and to stop these generational curses and to stop these generational traumas, however you go about that is also super valid. But just know that when you run out of strength, when you run out of the patience, when you run out of the wanting to, my biggest advice for you is to allow yourself to be more merciful on yourself, give yourself time to grow, give yourself space, do not put pressure on yourself, and honestly fall back in love with life through the little things. Even if it's taking two minutes out of your day to just stare at the clouds outside and meditate and think of all the things you're grateful for. Even if it's like, I don't know, your favorite snack is cucumbers and you made yourself a cucumber salad. Like, be proud of yourself for doing that. I'm a huge advocate in being proud of yourself for the smallest things. Because if you put yourself on a big, tall pedestal, even the slightest hit can knock you down. But if you put yourself on a foundation that is sturdy and strong, nothing can tear you down. And I know this is getting really deep for a Bluey video, but to be fair, I'm a Bluey fan and we make everything too deep. But I just really wanna speak to people's inner child who are watching me right now. And I just want those little versions of you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and do not believe and do not give in to the lie and the narrative that you are a burden and that you don't deserve to be seen. You are full of love, you are full of light, you are more precious than all of the stones in the universe, and you are capable of absolutely anything you put your mind to. And if watching a random blue dog helps you believe that, then who cares what other people think? <laughs> Look who just woke up from her nap! It's my dog, Roxy. Hi. Say hi, Roxy. Well, guys, that is it for today's video. Thank you so much for watching. Oh my gosh, your breath is so stinky. I just really wanted to end today's video on a positive and light note. Always remember that I love you guys literally so much. And if you made it to the end of the video, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And remember, keep the comments cute and cordial. I am not afraid to block, and I'm not afraid to delete comments, okay?
we don't play that on my platform for real but comment down below your experience on watching kids animations a story from your childhood and just uplift and love one another in the comment section and in the real world before i go i want to give you guys some homework which is to do something that you love today make sure you play roblox walk your doggy um eat some pan express i don't know just whatever you do today make it a day that counts and before i go guys please check out my podcast on spotify it will be in the pinned comments down below it is just an audio version of the videos that you see now i post every single other sunday and go ahead and leave me a cute comment and a good review all right guys that is it for today's video and i will see you in the next video bye